0: with them. My name's Tom, and
1: I am here with my friend,
0: well, business associate, Ben McFarland, the other thinking drinker. Hello, Ben. How are you?
1: Good afternoon, Thomas. I'm doing all right. What a, yeah. what a gripping intro that was. You summed it all up very nicely.
0: i <laughs> pretty good at it. Uh, it's quite easy, really, because there's nothing specific to say about this podcast in terms of what we do, because it is we. there are two drinks, and then there's quite Raisins a lot of... Them strange reasons that that we think you should drink them so it's quite an easy podcast to intro isn't it? It Um, is. Such a great idea that we've had. How are you feeling? I'm feeling, um, I don't want to start another podcast talking about how sleepy I feel because that was definitely how it started last week but I'm feeling a little bit sleepy again because we had some drinks last night didn't we Ben?
1: We did, we went to a wonderful Peruvian restaurant um, called Pacamama, was it called that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it was uh, in the oldie London town, in London's glittering West End. It was good, lovely food, um, but we had quite a few pisco sours. Pisco mm. being the uh, national drink of uh, Peru, and, and indeed chili, and chili. as well. Which, yeah, as we all know, looks like a bit like a chili hmm. as well, which is interesting. Um, and uh, they were quite pokey, weren't they?
0: They were. They're very easy to drink. I have to say we yeah. had it with a Bar Pisco, which is a bar fantastic yeah. Pisco. And they were, I think, amongst the best Pisco sales I've ever ever had. They were so they were very crisp and easy to drink, very tasty. And uh, we were there with our friend uh, Chris Seal, who was kind enough to buy us those those very pisco yeah, sours,
1: mean, that's why they went down so easily because we weren't paying. We for them. weren't even
0: paying for them. <laughs> they, they, they always taste the best. Those drinks, so thank but, you. But um, no those pisco.
1: Tea. We should we should do pisco another on, another time because mm. I think it's very underrated and it's it's um, especially in the pisco sour. Did you know Rudyard Kipling? He wrote of pisco. He said, "I have a theory. It is compounded of cherub's wings." I'll start again. Uh not wings. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, <laughs> shit to wrote <laughs> this about Pisco I have a theory it is compounded of cherub's wings the glory of a tropical dawn the red clouds of sunset and fragments of lost epics by dead masters it also goes well with my exceedingly good cakes because <laughs> 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 of course <laughs> a little Kipling King. gag yeah, for you there uh, very good yeah um, but um, I, I'd say that's that summed up how they tasted cherub's wings Cherub's wings. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've not, in
0: tropical dawn. not ever eaten a cherub. Uh, I imagine the wings would be the best part, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice and crisp. Quite a bit nice. like crisps, Yeah, actually,
1: but big fatty thighs, though, cherubs, yeah. haven't they? Mmm.
0: A lot of meat on can them. Can nice over a barbecue. Yeah. Um, sizzling cherub
1: yeah, thigh. Just, yeah. And crisp just sear wing. them on both sides, seven minutes max. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's i do Bloody steak
0: of cherub great yeah okay uh, as as discussed plenty of absolute nonsense and bullshit frankly well i don't know what we're talking about now we're talking about eating cherubs so let us move into the guts of the podcast and talk about the two drinks so we have got a week ahead of us that's got many excellent reasons to drink um and we have picked two of them for you the first will be the birth of William Hogarth, which Oof. I'm going to talk about, Ben, because yeah, he, was do born, that. he was born in 1697 on the 10th of November. So uh, it's a long time ago, wasn't it? It was the olden days, it 16, was 1697. Old school guy. Yeah, and we're going to talk about him specifically while recommending that you drink some gin because William Hogarth, his most famous work arguably, is his 1750s Gin Lane print, which, if you have any interest in the history of gin, might consider a piece of work that really did a bit of a number on gin and made out that gin was a very, very evil thing. Um, we'll get back to Gin Lane because um, William Hogarth's quite an interesting chap. Generally, um, his he was he was born and lived his uh, the early part of his life. In prison, uh, which I've discovered uh, this morning, actually, when I was looking a bit further into his life, uh, that's not great, is it? His dad was no. a Latin teacher who made textbooks, um, and he tried to open, his father tried to open a Latin-speaking coffee house. <laughs> <I> mean, niche, <laughs> very niche. <laughs> you talk about niche business ideas. This was not I mean, He was ahead,
1: ahead of his time. <laughs> i mean the the coffee boom of well, recent well years. yeah but uh, I, but equally the the latin theme uh behind his time very much yeah, i'd say yeah i mean if it was a latin as in latin american theme you know with pan pipes and shit well we maybe peruvian that pisco, would work yeah
0: and um, yeah. and some peruvian coffee beans but i think yeah. coffee houses at that time were actually a bit of a big deal, there were a lot of them, so I know, his, but they weren't his,
1: like, but but you know, you didn't have like drive throughs, did
0: you? Or no, like that? we didn't, it wasn't, they didn't need a like, we don't need another Nero, um, <laughs> we, don't. Uh, no, we don't need another Nero, uh, they didn't either, particularly, but but yeah, I mean, what a what a strange choice to go with a Latin speaking only coffee house. So, did you do um, Latin uh, at school? C? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I did.
1: Yeah, well, that's because um, you went to a private school. I went to right? a post school. Yeah. What a waste of money that was. Well, it so was, Dad. considering you um, ended up in exactly the same place what as I'm me. Doing i doing, I know. I <laughs> know. But it's part of my care and community work. <laughs> um, no, last minute, it, they all maintained that it was good for, for learning other languages. I don't really think it it, it helps hugely. Well, um, and I, and some of the things you had to say were is, Metella est in culina." That's that's what I remember. Metella is in the kitchen. Mm. Grumio est in giardino. What do you reckon that means? Grumio's a fella.
0: Oh, is he? Okay, I was going to say something about like brushing est in your Jardino. hair. Jardino. No, I brush your hair in the garden. I would have gone with no.
1: Grumio est in giardino. Grumio's in the garden. Grumio est in the atrium.
0: He's in the bath? Hall. Toilet. Hall. Hall. He's
1: gone okay. from the garden to the hall, yeah. Okay. um Who is this guy? Uh, it's just one of the characters in in the, in the book. Oh, right. In okay.
0: book. Okay, it wasn't like an important um, Latin was, man. Uh,
1: Brumio, Mattella. Uh, uh, oh, I can't L- remember the rest of it. Nutella. Anyway. I thought you in, Oh, I thought you said that Nutella is in the kitchen. In the kitchen. In that would have made
0: more sense. Um, I thought he was saying like the chocolate spread Nutella. Well, this all goes to show that a Latin-speaking coffee house really was a serious waste of everyone's time. But it did make it last for five years before he went bankrupt. And then the entire Hogarth family got moved into Fleet Prison, which was in those days Fleet Prison was a place by the Fleet River where if you were guilty of... Nefarious financial crimes. So you weren't really a nasty murderer or that. You were sort of a. Yeah. You, you were just bankrupt. You got put into this prison, which apparently you had to pay rent and you had to pay for your food in this prison, um, and you also tipped the staff, and then you could pay to leave the prison. Um, Sounds <laughs> Centre Park. Doesn't sound to me. <laughs> Like prison, unless no, our, our lives that are sounds prison. a
1: bit like a hotel. <laughs> but I suppose if they've been done for financial for naughtiness, then this is an apt punishment. It's just getting fleeced. Fleeced yeah. in fleet.
0: Yeah, and and probably if you have no money, it is difficult to enjoy the, the finer side of fleet prison. Um, but you could, you could pay to leave and apparently then beg on the street, which uh, it seems a nice... Circular financial transaction. You give me your money on the street and then I'll go into this place and spend it uh, on other people who need money. So they lived there, they lived there for quite a while. Um, his formative years were, were quite embarrassing, apparently. From 1708 to 1712, he lived in this place and it was a, sort of looked down on by high society. So he came out a slightly changed man um, and went into engraving And learned how to work with silver as well, and then had a seven-year apprenticeship, and then opened his own engraving shop at the age of twenty-three. So not not put off by his father's entrepreneurial uh, cack handedness, he decided to. It wasn't a
1: Latin theme. It wasn't
0: Latin themes. He engraved coats of arms and uh, shop bills and plates for booksellers in English, which. (laughs) too learned, right if he learned anything but he yeah. was enrolled at um, st martin's uh art academy which was oh. even back then a trendy arts college and um
1: oh, it's, it's very we used to work near st martin's didn't we? and mm. all the young young hip types would be coming out with some frankly absurd clobber but yeah. it was some ambitious well, I tell you what it was ambitious millinery going on <laughs> Uh, a <laughs> yeah. lot of dark hats, weren't there? We used to sit there in our head-to-toe in Uniqlo, just tussing, going, what What are the kids wearing? Losers. Why don't you lot just smarten just up and sort your go, lives out? Go and do
0: a PGCE and become yeah. a teacher, which is exactly. all you're destined to there's be no, anyway.
1: <laughs> take it from us, guys. There's no money in art.
0: <laughs> the creative industries sucked, sucked dry by... Successive Tory governments, yes. Tory scum. If you're listening and you're a Tory supporter, well, scum, yeah. you probably
1: honest. come up with the idea of people paying for their prisons. That yeah. is much better, yeah. They should fucking take a leaf out of his book, yeah. Um, prisons are a mess, just as
0: a caveat, we don't really um, deal with political affiliations on this podcast, no. on the other you-
1: side. Well done, the Tories. You're well doing done, jolly baby. well.
0: <laughs> oh, Whatever your political persuasion, I think we can all agree, that's horse shit. They're not doing a good job, whatever else, whatever you might think. Um, so anyway, he, uh, he went to the Arts College and then uh, produced his first satirical print in 1724. And really, this is what William Hogarth's all about. He is the creator of an art form. Until that point, there had not been such a thing as a caricatured piece of satire art uh, he was the first person to actually create a political cartoon and for that reason he should probably be more lauded than i think he is uh, well
1: all i would say is there's always been artists have always taken the taking the piss out hmm. of grand um, you know uh, Delusions of grandeur, like uh, Rubens. uh, Mm. Peter Paul Rubens, for example, used to paint a lot of kings, queens, and and politicians, and that. But in his in the paintings, he put little symbolic um, things in there, like 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 a knocked over bottle, or yeah, he put little little.
0: But he never created a piece of art that was specifically for um, utter damning of a of a no that's political true situation that's he true. H- he hid things in there but no one had actually created a a, a political cartoon which right. was okay. effectively okay. what all the right. south okay. sea scheme was and interestingly the south sea scheme was all based on the south sea bubble which was a, a boom and bust scenario with a, a company back then um with uh, satirizing the money crazed masses and warning that unfettered financial speculation can only ultimately lead to destitution and damnation. How wow. apt, Ben? How, How apt? apt.
1: How many that, years later?
0: Well, that was seventeen A twenty-four. Lot. Do you you do the math, but Sixteen. This is not far off. Seventeen twenty-four. Number. Seventeen twenty-four. This was
1: yeah. So, so he so, would have been twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about 300 apt. years ago. No, yeah. Yeah, some of yeah. like that. Uh, oh, God knows. <laughs> but it's maths. right. We've got to stop. If everyone just stopped trying t- to make more money, we just need to chill out. Yeah. Um, growth is growth is oh, overrated. A mm.
0: uh, couple of other facts about Hogarth. Uh, he had a dog, a pug <laughs> called Trump. What's <laughs> his oh, and oh, Trump, yes. Back the there's there's a,
1: a statue in Chiswick of William Hogarth and his dog with his dog. And it, stout says, it says the dog's name, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and the first copyright law was named for him. So anyone else in the creative worlds is very keen on copyright law, which, of course, we are. Um, yeah. every other every third word must be changed when you cut and paste from the internet yep. which we've we've uh, controlled we, it we diligently observed that, that law that specific law um, does mean some of our sentences are completely nonsensical but as long as we can't get done for it so that was that was uh, a, another thing that he's famous for but we, we, we celebrate him because of Gin Lane so by 1750 the London, in particular, was in in ruins because largely because people were drinking too much gin mm. and Hogarth created a piece of satirical art that emphasized this problem um, lots of theories about why commissioning from the government was uh, was was how he got paid to do it but uh, uh, and the government was satisfied that he' had Created a piece of art that depicted the absolute horror of gin, with lots of people dying um, and gin really being the cause of that. But uh, Hogarth's entire point of all his s- satire was that the people in charge, the government or the people with money, were really responsible for the problems of London at that time and the poverty. And it wasn't gin's fault at all. Um, no. So we sort of hold it up as this piece of work that shows that the the gin craze of the early 1700s was awful and that gin was evil. But actually, he was making a much broader point that governments don't look after people, which, again, (laughs) I think might be deemed rather pertinent at this moment in time. So, yeah, that was it. So in the piece, Madame Geneva or Judith de She's the main character in the middle of this piece of work, and she is ginned up to the eyeballs, and she's lobbed her baby in the doorway of a gin shop. Yeah, I mean, I know I
1: appreciate that art, uh, art appreciation indeed, uh, is not doesn't work brilliantly on an uh, audio format. (laughs) But if you do have a look at, uh, we'll put a link to the picture of Gin Lane. And one thing, I mean, say what you like about Hogarth, but he was shit at drawing babies. Isn't he? It's massive. <laughs> it's too big. It's totally out of proportion with the rest of. I mean, it's bigger than like a dog. Yeah. Uh, it's it's bear It is at the forefront of the picture. So he may he may argue that it's a perspective, but no, baby, I think I mean he'd probably put ma- a more, massive.
0: It is massive. I think he'd probably put a more. Artistic point of view across that it's deliberately big so that you, you uh, eyes are drawn to it. It's almost like the elephant in the corner. It's a a baby in the middle, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's massive so that you see it. I'm sure there was a reason. Corner, yeah. There's there's a uh, a lot of dead people in there. There's a uh, there's a man who's speared a baby, and actually, if you look yeah. at him closely, he looks a bit like a hipster. So perhaps he's just bowled out of St Martin's Arts College or something. Yeah, he, um,
1: exactly. He does look well, like one well, like of that lot.
0: That <laughs> lot. <laughs> the arts, creative yeah. lefty, <laughs> bell ends. Um, just to just to get some balance just, here.
1: They're just like woke. So woke, he's speared a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, because uh, right behind all the buildings are falling down, aren't they? Yeah, Why? Because yeah. well, the uh, builder, instead of drinking splush, a lovely cup of Splush, like a cup of tea, they're drinking gin, aren't they, the builders? They you are. Know, Everyone's they? drinking gin. Uh, yeah. At the
0: same time, he produced a piece of work called Beer Street. Uh, which was a much more jovial and happy scene, where there was lots of affluence and food and artistic celebration, and buildings were all upright, and everyone was having a good time and The theory there was that uh, it was to show that if you drank beer, everything was going to be all right but then then there were suggestions that the beer industry itself had commissioned him to make that, that create that piece of work, so lots of history since that moment and lots of fudging and chinese whispers around what what it what it actually represented the truth is hogarth was trying to identify the brutal poverty um that was had come about because of aggressive urbanization lack of space in london spread of disease prostitution unemployment um, children were the being French neglected.
1: Probably coming over, were they? <laughs> yeah, the French, French had something to do with it. Oh, of course, yeah, well, I don't think they came
0: over. Up. I mean, they rarely front up, do they? I mean, it, it was, was an invasion. They, they were. Well, invasion I'm sure they were. The I'm sure they stood stood on their own shores. Can we blame, and were was,
1: can we blame foreigners for this? Well, was that
0: know, we can always blame them. I'm sure. No, well,
1: let's give
0: it um, a go. <laughs> <laughs> and, so the pressures on society were greater than the simplicity of a gin epidemic. So well, this is
1: it. But also it was, I suppose it was, I mean, they, they caused the problem, the, the government called the pro- caused the problem in the first place because they relaxed laws on distillation and they mm. had a surplus of grain and they, they, mm. they were like, go for it guys. Um, yeah. And it was on one hands up.
0: Yeah. They were trying to, trying to keep landowners on side by doing all of that. And, and conversely, screwed Again, Tom, the rest of us
1: looking after the nobility looking after hey, the upper classes. gosh i mean a if william man.
0: hogarth were alive today he'd be doing the same thing um, he'd
1: probably be on twitter though wouldn't he mm. or on tiktok doing yeah. drawings
0: uh so drink some gin because rather yeah. than s- s- saying gin's a bad thing hogarth was saying um governments it's are not a bad gin's thing. fault it's not gin's fault so enjoy some nice gin any mm. gin any your gin of choice listeners um you just go for a gin and raise that glass
1: drink it neat um yeah uh warm because it sounds cause odd to drink days. gin neat doesn't it hmm. but uh as we've seen in the in the uh painting there and Hogarth's work it, it can be done lots of people <laughs> are doing it they seem to love it <laughs> they, seem, <laughs> they seem to struggle through but um don't spear a baby definitely not don't no. even, definitely don't put a beer, baby in a letterbox either. Can I just no, just to go back to last just, week? Just go back pod. to last week because uh, we the, have had some complaints. Yeah, complaints we haven't. About,
0: but well, no. I mean, we we tended to focus on the the crime of treason rather than child cruelty, um, and I think we all know which is more severe.
1: Never put a baby in a postbox. box, um,
0: knowing knowingly. Uh, but so uh,
1: I, I think drinking it neat is it seems, seems odd, but it's a very I think. it's a, it's odd that no one does uh, drink it neat, really. Um, well, because I mean, all the botanicals it's... that you—I mean, if you think about all the talk of botanicals and the care and considerations that distillers go to to ensure that the botanicals are fresh and that the, the combinations work—that you then, then then you you would you would um, dilute that um, without tasting it first, because you can tell of. You can tell a very good gin from a, a mediocre one by drinking it, like in any any spirit. Yeah, I um, um, I
0: I I think that's something we're trying to really reeducate people on as we yeah. spread our
1: um drinking. It's going to be our legacy, Tom. But, um, we're going to get people drinking. In when thre- we die, there's going to be people, Hogarth's going to have to do another drawing. In
0: three hundred years, they'll be saying, "They they did what? They put what in their body?" <laughs> neat neat and they t- had it neat so they didn't yeah. even dilute it
1: <laughs> and that was legal
0: weirdos yeah. uh no but do drink it neat especially if you spend a lot of money on something you want to know what it tastes like don't yeah. you? you don't want to just Ooh, open a, a bottle a Mar- and put if loads you of you have it in a, a martini in.
1: that's that's pretty much neat isn't it yeah if you have it dry enough
0: okay well anyway there you go birth of william hogarth 1697 on the 10th of november so that's the first celebration for you this weekend, what's the
1: second one, Ben? What's well, the next drink? We're not mucking about. We're just going to have a drink on the next day. So don't That's drink too it. much, Jim, because you've got one coming on the eleventh, and that drink is Pilsner Urquell. Because on the eleventh of November, eighteen forty-two, which is uh, how many 180, 180, 180 years 180. ago, 100, yeah. Two from the top and one in a ring. Um. Well, I'd much rather not have
0: the one in the ring. The same. <laughs> um, imagine,
1: uh, yes, 1842. This was when the first Pilsner was first brewed. Um, and Pilsner is a style of beer. Um, anything we've got one in our shirt at the moment, Kron- Kronbacher Pils, mm. and it's a it's a it's a sort of a stylistic family of lager. Bottom fermenting beers, lager fermenting beers, but it, it comes from the town of Pilsen, as you would imagine, um, in the Czech Republic. Now, the Czech Republic, as we know, Tom, drink more uh, uh, alcohol per, per, per person, person in terms <clears throat> of volume
0: liters per liters, liter per person,
1: liter per person than any other nation. In The world when they okay. were Czechoslovakia, they were in about seventh position hmm. in that league table. Um, but then Slovakians, who are I like can Le- they left, I think they drink wine leisurely. A lot of Slovakians they left, and the Czechs, because they drink so much beer, went straight to the top. And there's good reason why they drink so much beer because there is a very good Czech beer scene historically, they're one of the big brewing nations, obviously. Um You've got Budvar, uh, Czech, um, uh, Pilsner, Kuel, Kozel, um, you've, and you've got Staropramin, mm. which would have, which is no longer brewed. Where the one the stuff we drink over here uh, is 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 brewed, brewed over here, here. Um, but it's also got a very thriving craft beer scene. When we've written our beer books, we've gone over to the Czech Republic, and there is some amazing uh, small small batch brewing going on there uh i'm not going to tell you all the names you can buy the bloody book mm. and, and then just that it's massively out of date <laughs> um
0: you can buy it on our website along yeah. with uh world's best
1: cocktails no um, don't buy that don't buy that because we can't every time, find any more we, of we, we have to then go and buy it from amazon and then send it to you <laughs> there's a right hassle it's um, very expensive
0: yeah. we much like uh uh, we'll get we'll get onto the story of Pilsner Noroquel, and uh, and patents and yeah. bad business ide- ideas like Mister Hogarth's father's idea. We are <laughs> we're we're right <laughs> in with this crowd in terms of business acumen. Uh, if Long- we're not
1: careful, we're going to end up paying food and board at Fleet Prison for. <laughs> I
0: mean, if you actually analyze our businesses, we've. We we have a piece of theatre in which we give out free drinks. Yeah. Um, we've got a subscriber club which we rather foolishly offered a two for one deal on, even yeah. though it's already not making any money. Yeah. Uh, we can't seem to get dog nappies patented and out there. No. I mean, we really are, we really do fit right in with these losers, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: no it's um, and we write books that, that we can't that, let's be send honest, out. Have not. <laughs> lowered my age of retirement um anyway uh the guys in pilsen in the 1830s their business was going really badly pilsen was an embarrassment to bohemian brewing of bohemia being the roughly the area around the czech republic where the czech republic is now um uh, and so there was back in the 1830s there was a big rivalry essentially between the, the bohemian brewers and the the german um the german brewers uh in munich so uh, the bohemian brewers in pilsen pilsen were they were basically play, they were the man united to the man city i'd say that's a they were just floundering and it was a bit getting a bit embarrassing because the munich brewers were doing very well and the ones in pilsen were making some really lousy local beers um as in munich they had these new malting techniques and innovations and they ushered in this new sort of beguiling breed of sort of bottom fermenting beers that were sort of really catching the imagination of drinkers all over europe so on on the 2nd of january in 1839 in an attempt to protect their local market a dozen business bi- pilsen businessmen, <laughs> not, businessmen. Not pilsen not businessmen pilsen businessmen pilsen-, oh, <laughs> pilsen good <laughs> Pills, Pills and, Boys. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got they were. The Pills and Businessmen, they demanded that the, the construction of the Burgers brewery. Um uh and so they built the, they built this amazing new brewery and they brought brought in a bohemian brewer by the name of Joseph Grohl. Fact check, fact check. Joseph Grohl wasn't Bohemian, he was Bavarian. Sorry. Bye. Who was notoriously bad tempers, bad tempered. He was apparently he's right bell end. He's really antisocial, grumpy, difficult to work with, but he was very good at what he did. And he was um, brought in, and he was he took the job mainly because the raw ingredients surrounding pills and were perfect for making uh, the pills and started lager because you you had you had. Amazing Sars hops in the Czech Republic, which are uh, fantastic for 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 brewing lager. They're like the Rolls Royce of hops. You've got the moist Moravian barley, which they um, they they use these amaz- these English techniques for for kilning the grain. Um, and then you had uh, pills and water, which is incredibly soft as well. And best of all, and soft water makes lager. Hard water full of minerals tends to make ale. So, but the pills and water is very, very soft. And then you've got these amazing cellars, which we've been to. Very lucky to have mm-hmm. gone there, uh, below mm-hmm. the brewery, which provided natural cold conditions uh, for 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 fermentation. And you had this bespoke Bavarian yeast as well, that really, really was quite magical. I'm not going to get into the yeast thing because we can. I, I think, think what we'll league. do is
0: we'll do a a, a a pod. We'll set up a Patreon service. Um, and if you pay extra, we're going to do like devoted podcasts yeah. on yeast. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of a demand for that. So we'll yeah, have to wait. So yeah. we've got a lot of time in the diary to do our yeast casts. Um, yeah. yeah. What what so the... let's move on from the yeast. Uh, we've also, I mean, we've made Fungi? a beer. No.
1: no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the, it won't be fun, guys. No, it won't. Um, the, the, uh, we've actually made it. We've actually. We've been part of the brewing process, brewing our own beer in the Czech Republic um, and being into these cellars where our beer was made. And they are extraordinary places, aren't they?
1: Well, back in the day before refrigeration, that's where you stored all the beer Mm. in uh, underground. Yeah. Inside of mountains and things. Yeah. Um, And you just let
0: let it stay there for...
1: You'd lager it, which means to store. store yeah,
0: then yeah, I, was, I was setting you up there. Let's yes, just... thanks,
1: ben. Um But anyway, the reason uh, that the, we're celebrating on November the eleventh, eighteen forty-two, was because that it was the, during the Saint Martin's Fair in Pilsen uh, where this first, the world was the world's first truly clear golden lager um, poured forth, Tom, and oh. the original Pilsner was born. Um, mm. And it was, it was pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. Not least because its invention coincided with the emergence of glassware. Yeah. Whereas before, this is, people would be drinking out pewter tankers. Perhaps in this part of that. the world.
0: I mean, this is something that we often talk about, isn't it? We, the, the glass, the glass revolution was quite a slow one because we actually invented glass in this country Too in right. the 1600s. We perfected clear glass in the 1600s. It took quite a while, I think, before it became affordable and in commonplace in pubs. But up until this point, like you say, it didn't really matter if it was dirty beer, did it? Because it was in a it was in a pewter tankard, so no one could see it. Exactly. Once you see it, you don't want don't want to be drinking mud.
1: No. So, um, and, and also, it um, with with lager, you had this. It was. Um, because it was this golden colour, because of these new uh, kilning techniques, they could heat the they could cook the barley without without using um, raw raw flames. Raw flames? Mm. Do you call it flame raw? Maybe uh, you know naked. I'd mean? think naked. That's the it, one. Yeah. That's the uh, word I'm looking for. I mean, it such might a, be it might word. be a
0: little raw if it's naked and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been subjected to, off, to fire. I write
1: that word into <laughs> the internet search engine a lot. You think <laughs> I'd know it? Um, but- really? Do you have
0: to put that in there? I mean, I just assume they'll all be naked. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel there's a need to be specific about that. No, no.
1: Are they clothed or naked? If they're clothed, I'm not so interested in this night. <laughs> well, at least at the end, I want them to be naked Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, they used to so they used to heat the, they used to kill the barley using naked flames so therefore create dark, darker malts because they cook in the same or they, they, the malt would get darker but the kilny techniques that they're taking from England they dovetail into their uh, into their lagering uh, brewing techniques and produce this golden lager which came in a glass and it was absolutely amazing just on the glass subject I, whilst we were researching the book we um, was it you who was telling me? Mate, st- uh, don't stop me if 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 it was you because we're doing this for other people. But anyway, <laughs> sometimes uh,
0: sometimes you wonder, uh, don't you? The, the glass, um, the don't just tell p- me something. Glass told really
1: um, now um, uh, really hampered uh, China's uh, progress as a nation or the Far East uh, because. Um, Glass didn't make it over there and for about 100 years after, I think. And it meant that uh, the, the reading glasses didn't become a thing um, mm. over there. So intellectuals lost the last 15, 20 years of being clever clogs, mm. essentially, because they, their eyes deteriorated. So they, in terms of scientific and academic progress, they, they fell behind. Purely because mm. they, they didn't embrace glass. Mm. I think that's quite interesting. Anyway, yeah, well, they're making up for the lost time now. Yeah, they're running like things. The anyway, um, this this golden lager was amazing. It came in new glasses. It uh, it took the European beer scene by storm. Um, but stupidly, stupidly, these fools, that having made this amazing beer... And Joseph Grohl, using Joseph Grohl, the grumpy brewer, um, they didn't patent it. Mm. They didn't patent the name. They tried to, um, after once it had gone global, but it, by that point it was um, it was uh, it was everywhere. Um, mm. And so the original Pilsner Quill means the original Pilsner, oh. and uh, it's still I think a fabulous beer. And I th- also think that it, I don't understand why it doesn't do better. I think it's because it tastes of something. It tastes, it's got real character, real bitterness to it. Yeah. It's not a particularly easy beer to drink like six pints of, which some lagers are designed purely to do. This Mm. is a really, it's quite a challenging, uh, beer, lager style beer, but I think it's absolutely fantastic. And when you really hmm. get it in the right glass, it's absolutely it's great. And yeah. the best place to drink it is straight from the tanks below the brewery. Obviously in you a do glass, a tour
0: don't, You don't just put your mouth under them.
1: No, 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 no. From a no. glass. No, then you pour it into a glass and then. Yeah. But straight from the um, oak barrels where 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 they're being stored in these cold conditions, and it, that is an amazing experience. And you can get a version of that. It's called Pilsner Aquel Nef- Nefiltrovani, which is their unpasteurized, unfiltered, and pretty relatively kind of untouched draft version, um, which you is can get. Is that Latin? Mm. Yeah, yeah, a bit Latin. Nutella <laughs> est in Nefiltrovani. Nutella's in the kitchen. Nutella's okay. in the kitchen drinking unfiltered, unpasteurized Pilsner Aquel. What um, a day. What a day. What a day. Um, and you can get that, you can get that in the, in the brewery and, and a few select bars around the brewery as well. Pilsen is a great place to go to for mm. for, for, for beer. Um, yeah, there we go. Oh, and okay. and they also got a they've got a tank version. You can get in a few unpasteurised tank version as well. Oh. Um, we love, I'd love pilsner, uh, as in pilsner quell. I mean pilsen uh, pilsners in general are not always that good. Just because it no. says uh, if something is a pill-style beer doesn't mean it's got anything to do with the original. Um, and there's some very, there's some right, quite pale imitations, almost literally, Thomas. Yeah, as, I like it. Original. Oh, you've done that. So, um, um, uh, just, just interestingly,
0: you said St. Martin's there, and we mentioned St. Martin's. Yes. College. So there's a bit of joined up thinking that was accidental and really had no,
1: no preparation. Barely before. worth mentioning, I'd say. Oh, but well, yeah, still. I just
0: wondered who St. Martin was. He was the patron saint of soldiers, beggars, and France. Oh, well, we've been
1: talking about beggars and we've been and talking France. About the stinking French. And as the well. French
0: and their, their soldiering, which is often not, li- not left a, a lot point. to be desired. <laughs> I mean, this, the synergy. It's just extraordinary. It all um, comes
1: together. Well, I think it brings us to the end of this. mm. What a fascinating podcast. (laughs) For you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, guys, I'm sure you've enjoyed it. And uh, it's given you two very different drinks to enjoy this weekend. Gin and beer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) mean, we're not broadening your alcoholic horizons. I don't know what we're... I mean, this is eclectic yeah. shit you're dealing with here, people. Yeah. Go away, drink some gin, drink some beer if you weren't All already fainted. days. Lager as well. A lager yeah. beer <laughs> and <the> gin.
1: It's <laughs> a Thursday and a Friday, though. So, you
0: yeah. Know. Go wild. Drink yeah. less, drink better, though, folks. Drink less, drink, drink, less better. drink better. Like we did last night with our Pisco Sours. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, well, thank you for listening. Um, I've enjoyed it, Ben. It's been great so to be in company
1: and uh, before we go what news have we got to give to our lovely listeners more touring uh, to be done still touring um, get on our yeah. website we're not going to go through all the uh, venues no, again but
0: we'll be in Bristol on the 18th of November and that's yep. that's sold quite well I think there's still a few tickets left for that but we would love to that's always a great show in the and we're chicken. in Worcester
1: on Saturday
0: and we're in Worcester on Saturday yeah come along if you if you yeah. live in the surrounding environs of Worcester um, yeah, uh, we've got a London date for anyone who listens to this and, and uh, lives in London, but that's going to be in February, so go and check that out. And, uh,
1: We're also doing a tasting at the Groucho um, yeah. on December the 7th. That's uh, only
0: really useful to people who are members of the Groucho. <laughs>
1: no, but uh, if you uh, drop us a line, if you're in town, uh, we, get, we have a, a guest list as well, so we could... It's limited, um, so it be limited. Yeah, be yep. first come first serve. First on come. That. But yeah, why not come along?
0: No freaks, London.
1: please, because otherwise, lose a membership. <laughs>
0: so rather, you might you might question how we even got in the first place. If that's one of the rules, how the hell did they let them in? Uh, and buy a subscription pack is the perfect. Come Christmas on, guys!
1: Present. We told you we're not making any money.
0: <laughs> you should buy one, please, because it's going to be a laugh. Our next tasting is going to be with heaven hill distillery whiskeys and they are some smashing american whiskeys we'll be celebrating thanksgiving with those so you're missing out if you're not already subscribing subscribe buy it as a gift for a friend and then get it directed to your own address
1: yeah. so that uh, we they never see tell it them that's what you've done yeah
0: um so that's it buy our stuff all
1: right mate all right let's wrap this up people have all got right. stuff to do
0: yeah Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you again next week with two new drinks.
1: Bye.